Pint Glass Football Podcast is presented by Better Edge, giving the edge back to the betters with no fee sports betting. At betteredge.com, you, not the books, set the price of betting lines so you can make bank with no VIG or sportsbook fees. Better Edge is available in 45 states for real money sports betting. Create an account and use code PGF for $10 on your first order. Play the game without getting played at betteredge.com. Welcome to the Pint Glass Football Podcast. This is Pine Glass Football, where we drink beer and talk football. If you're new to the show, hit that subscribe button. What's up, PGF Nation? Season 4 continues today with, of course, NFL Draft coverage. I'm your host, Brad Fowler, and McKenzie Brewing is still the official beer of Pint Glass Football. We're excited to have them on board again for Season 4. Excited about today's show as well, guys. I'm going to give you my NFL Draft big board of my top 25 players in this draft. Now, the last two weeks, I gave you guys my top three offensive and defensive players at each position. So go listen if you haven't already. But today, it's the best of the best, regardless of position. I also have a great interview today with Natalie Miller of USA Today's Draft Wire. So stick around for that. And I have a player in this draft ranked in the top 10 on my big board that I don't think anybody else has that high and some other guys who might be top 10 picks that didn't crack my top 10. So I think you guys are going to be interested to listen to this. Let's kick it off. I'm going to start with the 25th player, work my way down to the number one player in this class. A lot of these guys I've talked about in the last couple of weeks, but like I said, I want to give you guys my big board where I've got them ranked regardless of position. So at number 25, Jordan Davis, the defensive tackle out of Georgia, six foot six, 341 pounds, ran that crazy 4.7940 yard dash. This guy's got off the charts. Ability, athleticism, size, speed, just incredible. Powerful hands, plays with that good balance. He's a three technique, a guy who can really be disruptive at the next level. Didn't put up the stats that you'd like to see for somebody that wowed you at the combine like he did. I mean, this guy really put on a show. His combine numbers don't match the production. And for me, that's a little bit of a red flag. That's why I've got him at 25. Some people have him a lot higher than that. I still think he's a fantastic prospect, though. At number 24, David Ajabo out of Michigan, six foot four, 250 pounds, 4.55, 40 yard dash. This is a guy who's got incredible potential. A guy that we just have not seen his best football yet. Still learning how to play the game at a high level, but man, he's got all the athletic gifts that you're looking for. Awesome speed. He can close out running backs. I think he's a natural pass rusher, big-time athlete. He's got nice quickness. He's got a nice array of pass rush moves. He's a locker room leader. The coaches love him. He's a hard worker. Unfortunately, he suffered that injury at his pro day at Michigan. That definitely hurt his draft stock. I think this is a guy that could have been a top 15 pick. I think he's going to slide a little bit in this draft, but I'm still really high on him because the upside is there. If he hits his ceiling, could be a really fantastic player, especially in a 3-4 defense. I think that's going to be the ideal for 
fit for him, an outside linebacker in a 3-4, and I'm excited to see what he can do when he gets back from the injury. Number 23 on my big board, Zion Johnson, interior offensive lineman from Boston College. He's six foot three, 316 pounds, big body guy, power player, good balance. He's strong. I really like the consistency that he shows on tape, finishes guys off. He's athletic. He gets to that second level. Played a little bit of tackle at Boston College as well, but I don't think he has the size or the length that you're looking for for an NFL tackle, but I do think he's going to be a really great fit at the guard position at the NFL level. I'm really high on Zion Johnson. This is a guy that's kind of been climbing a lot of draft boards for people. Just a really smart, physical player. I like his game. I think he's going to be a day one starter for sure. At number 22, another guard that I have just barely ahead of Zion Johnson. I really had a hard time ranking these guys because I think they're very close as far as their abilities, but it's Kenyon Green for me at 22, Texas A&M, 6'4", 325 pounds, just a really, really consistent player, great technique. He's really good in the run game. He's got strong hands. He controls defenders. He's a former five-star recruit, and you can see why. Big-time athlete, ideal size. He's got power. He can anchor down. He's good in pass protection. Just a really good all-around prospect. My number 21 prospect is a guy that I haven't gotten a chance to talk much about, but I really like this guy's game. Andrew Booth Jr., the cornerback out of Clemson, six feet tall, 195 pounds, which is prototypical size, prototypical athleticism from this guy, former five-star athlete as well. It definitely shows when you watch him because he's just a really confident, competitive defensive back, long arms. He covers a lot of ground. He can play pressure man or zone. I think he's better in man-to-man coverage, but he's not going to be a guy that you have to worry about in zone. He's got quick feet, just a twitchy athlete. He's also a big hitter that can get downhill, not afraid to get involved in the run game, but he does miss too many tackles. He's always looking for the big hit, and I think sometimes he gets out of position trying to make those big plays, and his injury history is a red flag. And quite frankly, it's really one of the only reasons that he's slid back a little bit from my top three corners because from an athletic standpoint and from a skill standpoint, Andrew Booth Jr. is easily as good as any of the corners in this class. I really think he's that good of a prospect. I think for me, that injury history is too much to ignore. And the top of this class is so good that he slid to the fourth spot in the cornerback rankings for me. But I do think he's going to be a really good player. If he can stay healthy, he could be a really valuable pick. I do expect him to go most likely in the first round still. I think he'll be a late first round pick and could be a guy that could be an impact player at the next level. Number 20 on my big board is Malik Willis, the quarterback out of Liberty, six feet tall, 220 pounds. This guy is a big time athlete. We've talked about him on the podcast. He's the only quarterback that's going to be on my big board. He's the number one quarterback in this class. It's not a really strong quarterback class like we've talked about. That's why I've got him down here at 20, because I think he's still pretty raw. I think he still has a lot to learn about the position, but he is a big-time athlete. He's got a serious cannon for an arm. He's a big-time playmaker, a dual-threat quarterback. The second he walks into the league, he can make those big-time wow throws. He's a little bit inconsistent. 
He's a great runner. He's elusive. He's going to be able to pick up yardage on third down. He's going to be a problem for defenses. But I think if you look at a guy like Malik Willis, if he was in last year's draft class, I think it's safe to say he probably would have fallen out of the first round. He probably would have been an early second round guy, maybe a late first round guy. And in this class, more than likely he's going to go in the top 10. And that just shows you kind of where this quarterback class is. It's not a great class. There's a lot of question marks around all these guys. That's why I've got him only at number 20. I do love the upside. I think he has a ton of potential. It's just going to be a matter if the coaching staff and the team around him can unlock it and he can develop into the player that I think he's that he's capable of being. Super talented quarterback, very intriguing prospect. At number 19, Devontae Wyatt out of Georgia, six foot three, 307 pounds. He's my number one rated defensive tackle in this class. I think he's a really good player. I've got him ahead of his teammate, Jordan Davis. He's a guy that just continued to improve, and that's something that I really like about his game. It just seems like every year at Georgia, he got a little bit better, a hard worker, but when you watch his game, he's just disruptive. He gets into those gaps. He's got good instincts. He reads what the offense is trying to do. He's got the quickness and the burst that you're looking for. I think he's a versatile defender that you can line up in different positions. And a guy like Jordan Davis might be the better athlete, but Devontae Wyatt is a heck of an athlete in his own right and a much more productive player. Last season, 39 tackles, seven tackles for a loss, two and a half sacks, two forced fumbles and 14 starts. Just a big time player at a big time program that made a big time impact for his team in that national championship run. I really like Devontae Wyatt. I think he's the best interior defensive lineman in this class. My number 18 prospect is Trevor Pinning, the offensive tackle out of Northern Iowa, six foot seven, 327 pounds. There's a wide range of opinions on Trevor Pinning. Do I think he's as good as the top three tackles in this class? No, but this is a guy who's got NFL size, NFL strength. He's a good athlete. He's explosive off the ball. What I like most about him is his nasty demeanor. This is a guy that wants to absolutely destroy the defender in front of him on every single snap. Incredible work ethic. Everyone talks about how hard this guy works, whether it's in the weight room, on the practice field. No one's going to outwork Trevor Pinning. He really showed at the Senior Bowl that he can play with the best players in the country. He really impressed scouts and coaches, and I think that's when his draft stock really started to take off. Now, he needs to clean up some of the technical parts of his game. He gets too far out in front sometimes and can get a little bit off balance. His hand placement isn't always great, but if you're talking about a big, physical, just nasty offensive lineman, there's a lot to like about Trevor Penning. I think he's going to be a really good player. Like I said, I don't think he's as polished or maybe as gifted as some of these other tackles in this class, but I do think that he's going to be a guy that instantly improves your football team and gives them a physicality that they didn't have before he showed up. My number 17 prospect is Trent McDuffie, the cornerback out of Washington. He's five foot 11, 193 pounds, really great agility and quickness. He can cover in man-to-man. He's also good in the zone. He can play inside, outside. But what I really like about his game is not only is he great in coverage, but he's really good against the run. I mean, he's a physical run defender who really can wrap up and tackle at a high level. 
He's an intelligent player that reads the offense at a high level. He knows what they're trying to do. And he was also a special teams contributor as a return guy. So I really like the value there as well. I think he is a starting outside cornerback the day he enters the NFL, a very good player in Trent McDuffie. My number 16 prospect is a guy that a lot of people think is going to be a top 10 draft pick in this upcoming draft. He's a guy that I'm not nearly as high on as most, although I really like his game. And that's Garrett Wilson, the wide receiver out of Ohio State, six feet tall, 183 pounds. Now, look, he's a dynamic playmaker. I mean, he has really big time ability, yards after the catch monster. He's quick. He's got really high level agility. I think he offers a lot of versatility as far as what he can do as a receiver. But the reason I'm a little bit more down on him than most is I think he's a slot receiver at the next level. I don't think he's a guy that's going to have a ton of success on the outside against NFL starting cornerbacks. I think he could be a really high-level slot receiver. I think he also has the speed and the playmaking ability to be a vertical threat. I'm just not sure he's an X receiver in the NFL. He also drops way too many balls for me to have him ranked as high as some other guys do. Like I said, a dynamic playmaker. I think he's going to be a guy that can bring a lot of playmaking ability to somebody's offense in the next level. I just don't think he's a top 10 type of player. And I do think there's a good chance he gets drafted that high though. All right, my number 15th ranked prospect is Trayvon Walker out of Georgia, the edge defender. This is a guy that some people think legitimately could be the first overall pick. And almost every mock draft out there has him going in the top 10, and a lot of them have him going in the top five. Now, I am just not nearly as high on this guy as most people. He's my fourth rated edge defender in this class. I love the talent. This guy's big, long, he's powerful, he's got the length, the strength, athleticism. He's a really versatile athlete, super athletic. I mean, this guy really put on a show at the Combine, and he absolutely looks the part. But the reason I'm not as high on him as most is the production. Only nine and a half sacks at Georgia, and his pressure rate wasn't very good either. So this is a guy that looks apart, but the production simply doesn't match the skill set. Now, he's got a ton of potential, and this is why I've said he has got to be the biggest boom or bust prospect in this draft. For me, I'm just not willing to roll the dice on a guy that didn't put up the numbers, that didn't put up the stats, and to think that he's going to suddenly become a big-time productive player at the NFL level I just think it's a stretch. I think he has the potential to be a really good player, and he might be one of the best athletes in this entire class. But the three guys I have ranked ahead of him were all way more productive in college than he was, and that's why I've got him a little further down the list than most people would probably expect. At number 14, Charles Cross, the offensive tackle out of Mississippi State, six foot five, 310 pounds. I said it before, I'll say it again, this guy is the best pass blocking offensive tackle in this class. I don't think it's even close. Only gave up one sack in 2021. He's got NFL prototypical size length. He's a good athlete. He moves well. Don't have him as high as the other two tackles in this class that are in front of him. 
but I think he's a really good prospect, especially in a pass-heavy offense. I think he could be a real asset. Not that he can't run block. I think that's an underrated part of his game, but just really good in pass protection. I think he has the potential to be a really good starting left tackle in this league. I've seen people with slightly higher grades on him. I've seen some guys with slightly lower grades. I'm kind of in the middle. I think he's a really good player, though. All right, we're starting to get into the really elite players here. At number 13, I've got Daxton Hill, the safety out of Michigan. Really complete player, versatile player, can do a little bit of everything on the football field, and a really productive player for the Wolverines. He can cover, he can play the run, he can play man in a deep single high safety, he can play in the slot as a nickel, or he can play corner on the outside. He's got great short area quickness, nice burst, covers a lot of ground, read and reacts to the football at a high level. I just really like this guy's game. Quite frankly, I might be too low on him. He's really going to be a good player in this NFL draft, and I think he's a guy that it won't matter what kind of defense you run, you're going to be able to find a place for him because he can do so many things at such a high level. At number 12, Jermaine Johnson, the edge defender for Florida State, six foot five, two hundred and fifty-four pounds, an impressive four point five eight forty-yard dash, long, athletic, quick, explosive off the ball. He's really good versus the run. He's got great effort, a great motor. He always plays hard. He has a variety of pass rush moves. Just a really tough guy to block. Gets off blocks, makes plays. What, Like I said, whether it's in the running game or against the pass, he's going to be a disruptive player day one. A guy who's climbed draft boards and a guy that I really, really like in this class. I think he's potentially a top 10 pick. I've got him as my number 12 player, but a fantastic player in Jermaine Johnson. At number 11, a guy that just fell outside the top 10, but an incredible prospect. Jamison Williams, the wide receiver out of Alabama, six foot two, 189 pounds. This guy is a home run hitter. I said it the last episode. He's got elite speed, smooth route runner. He was a special teams weapon in the return game. Really explosive player. He's going to be a deep ball threat day one. He's got good hands, quick feet. There's just a lot to like about Jamison Williams. If it wasn't for the injury, there's a really good chance that he's the number one wide receiver in this class. Now, I've got him number two. I don't think he's quite as good as my number one guy, but a really fantastic prospect. All right, the top 10 prospects at number 10, Evan Neal, the offensive tackle out of Alabama, six foot seven, 360 pounds, huge physical presence. Got that rare combination of size and power. He played right tackle and left tackle at Alabama. I actually think he's better suited at right tackle. The guy who's really good in the run game just wears out defenders with the size, the length. I think mobility and balance might be his biggest issues, and that's why I'm not sure he's best suited to play left tackle, but a right tackle I think fits him really well at the next level. I think he's going to be a big-time run blocker. He can just move defenders off the ball and create big-time lanes for running backs. A lot of people think he'll be a top-five pick. I'm not quite that high on him. I think he's, like I said, a number 10 overall. I like him there. I don't think there's any chance he falls out of the top 10. I think he's a top-five pick, 
which I think might be a little bit of a reach for him because I don't think he's quite as elite as some people think, but a really good player nonetheless. At number nine, Devin Lloyd, linebacker from Utah. Big, big time production. 110 tackles with 22 tackles for a loss. If you didn't listen to last week's episode, go back and give it a listen. I had Porter Larson, who covers Utah for ESPN Radio and the Pac-12. So he's a guy that's really familiar with Devin Lloyd. Go listen to what he has to say about this guy because you're talking about one of the most polished prospects in this entire draft. A do-it-all guy at the linebacker position. He can cover. He can blitz inside. He can blitz outside. He's great against the run. He's a big-time wrap-up tackler. He's got great technique, good feet, four interceptions as well in the Pac-12 last season. Just a great, great all-around player. At number eight, I've got Drake London, the wide receiver out of USC, six foot five, two hundred and ten pounds, long arms, elite size, big time size, length, huge catch radius, a guy that can get up and high point the ball, a dominant 50-50 ball wide receiver. Even when you've got this guy covered, you don't because he's so good in those contested catches. He's got really good instincts, high football IQ hard worker, a guy who really gets after it, big physical wide receiver. You can line him up all over the field. He had success on the outside, the inside, a really savvy route runner. There's just so much that I like about Drake London. And unlike some of the other wide receivers in this class, he didn't have an elite college quarterback throwing to him. USC really struggled at the quarterback position last season, and he still put up monster numbers. That says a lot about this kid because he's going to be a guy that's going to be a touchdown threat immediately, even if he gets drafted to a bad team. He's also a really underrated run blocker. I just like everything about Drake London's game. My number one wide receiver and a guy that I don't think will fall out of the top 10. At number seven, I've got Sauce Gardner, the cornerback out of Cincinnati, six foot three, 190 pounds, ran a 4-4 40-yard dash, really complete cornerback. You rarely see guys with his combination of length, athleticism, speed. He's good in press man coverage. I think he might be even better in zone. You can really play him in any type of scheme, and he's going to be great. He's a good tackler. He can close passing windows in a hurry. I'm not quite as high on him as some people in this draft. He's my number two corner, as you guys know from my defensive rankings that came out a couple weeks ago. But there is a lot to like about this kid. He's competitive. He's confident. He just has a swagger to his game that is noticeable when you watch him. He's just a big-time competitor. Love his demeanor and his attitude that he plays with. At number six, I've got a guy that, quite frankly, nobody has this high. And that's Tyler Linderbaum, the center out of Iowa, six foot three, 290 pounds. Look, I talked about this guy last week. He is a big, big time center prospect, probably one of the best center prospects we've seen come out in the draft in a really long time. Now, there is absolutely no way he gets drafted this high. I get that. He probably gets drafted mid to late first round, but I'm ranking guys with how good I think they are, and I think this guy is easily one of the 10 best players in this draft. Some people have been critical of his size, saying that he might not have the size or length 
I don't see it because he dominated in a big time conference in the Big Ten. There's just no holes in this guy's game. And that's why I've got him ranked so high because he destroys guys in the run game, opens up huge holes for his running backs. He only allowed three sacks combined in the last three seasons. I'm not saying that size and length and those things aren't important. They are, but I think too many people are using that as a knock against him when in reality, the guy just played at such a high level against big time competition. There's no reason to think that that won't translate at the next level. I absolutely love Tyler Linderbaum. I think he is going to be one of the best players in this draft. All right, the top five. With my number five prospect, I've got Derek Stingley Jr., the cornerback out of LSU, six feet tall, 190 pounds, elite speed, elite athleticism, elite man coverage. This guy is a technician in man coverage. He's got awesome, fluid mobility. His change of direction is elite. He's awesome in man-to-man press coverage, but he can play in some zone. He is a ball hawk. He has that big-time playmaking ability to pick it off, and he has the elite ball skills to take it to the house and make you pay for it. I know his tape's been a little up and down, but some of that, I think, is the dysfunction of the LSU program when they had to move off of Coach Ed Ogeron. I think it got a little messy at LSU, Could have been a distraction. I'm not trying to make excuses for the guy, but I think that might have played a factor, the coaching change. And I also think the injuries limited what we saw from him in the last two seasons. But when you watch him at his best, he's truly, truly an elite player. This guy was so good his freshman year for LSU and their national title run. People were saying he's a lock to be the number one overall pick after his freshman year. I just can't ignore the elite athleticism and skill set that this guy possesses. And like I said two weeks ago, what separates him from Sauce Gardner, in my opinion, is not only is he a better athlete, but he went up against way, way better competition in the SEC. So I think he's a more proven commodity. And I'm not sure it matters where he gets drafted. I think he's going to be a steal. At number four, I've got Aiden Hutchinson, the edge defender from Michigan, six foot six, 260 pounds. We all know by now that he's projected to be the first overall pick. And I've got him in my top five for a reason. He's a prototypical defensive end for a 4-3 defense, size and build. It matches what you're looking for. Very polished. It's got great fundamentals, good length, good strength. But I've said for a while now, I just don't think he's an elite edge defender. I don't think he's worthy of a number one pick. Top five pick? Sure. I think there's great value if he was a top five pick. But number one, I just don't see it. I don't think he's on the level of some of these other elite edge defenders that we've seen from recent classes, whether it's Miles Garrett, Chase Young, the Bosa brothers. I just don't think he matches up with those types of talents coming out of college. According to Bleacher Report, one NFC executive put it this way with Hutchinson, quote, he might not be a home run, but he's at worst a stand-up double. So I think it's unlikely that Hutchinson will be a bust, but I just don't think he has the ceiling of a player that you want to take first overall. He's a safe pick, and maybe that's what you're looking for if you're the Jaguars, because I do think he has one of the highest floors in this entire class, 
I just don't think he's an elite prospect at his position. My number three prospect is Ikem Ikano out of North Carolina State, six foot four, 310 pounds. This guy is a powerful player, big time strength, plays with a really nasty edge to his game that I absolutely love. He's a beast in the run game, blows defenders off the ball. He's also a very good pass blocker, uses his length well, keeps defenders at bay. He just checks a lot of boxes in a franchise left tackle. Size, length, power. He's got the demeanor, the work ethic. There's just a lot to like about this guy. I think he's going to be a big-time, high-level player from day one. My number two prospect in this draft is a guy that a lot of people thought might go number one overall early in the draft process. A guy that I think is, quite frankly, a better player than the guy that is most likely going to go number one overall, and that's Kayvon Thibodeau. Edge defender out of Oregon, six foot four, 254 pounds, ran a 4.58 40-yard dash. Like I said on an earlier episode, unlike Aiden Hutchinson, Thibodeau's been a dominant impact player since day one at Oregon. He was a day one starter his freshman year at Oregon. He's been a big-time player from the moment he stepped on the field. He's got the combination of size, speed, elite quickness off the edge, a twitchy athlete, explosive first step. He's got that burst and hustle that you're looking for. He plays hard. I don't think he gets enough credit for how smart of a football player he is. He's got the flexibility to bend the edge. Just an awesome all-around athlete. He's good against the run. He's been a productive player Wild Oregon. Whether it's tackles for a loss, sacks, pressuring the quarterback, he's one of those guys that I just am not sure why he slid down some of these mock draft boards. For me, he's still the second best player in this draft. And of course, for you guys that have been listening to the podcast, you already know who my number one player is. Kyle Hamilton, the safety out of Notre Dame, six foot four, 220 pounds. NFL prototype as far as size, speed, length, athleticism. This guy checks every single box. He's a ball hawk. He's got great ball skills, big time range, can cover so much grass. I mean, a really high level athlete, a guy who is going to be a force in the run game, a wrap up tackler, can blow up plays in the backfield, but also can cover the back end with the best of them. Incredibly high football IQ. This guy is always in the right place at the right time. Some people have knocked him for his 40 time, saying that he doesn't have that elite speed. I understand that being a red flag, but when you watch his tape, he plays fast. I'm not as concerned with the 40 time as some people are because this guy just flies around the field and makes plays everywhere. When you watch him at Notre Dame, just an incredible player, quite frankly, the best safety prospect that I've studied since doing this podcast, and probably one of the best safety prospects we've seen come out of the draft in a really, really long time. If I'm the Jaguars, he's the first overall pick in my book, regardless about position. Some people just devalue the safety position. They don't think it's as important as other positions. I get that, but this guy is way too good to pass on. He is going to be a home run day one Rookie year, Pro Bowl, Rookie of the Year. I'm telling you, this guy is going to take home all the hardware next season because he is such a big-time player. I'm sky high on Kyle Hamilton. Pint Glass Football Podcast is presented by Better Edge. Bringing the edge back to the betters with no fee sports betting. At BetterEdge.com, you, not the books, set the price of betting lines so you can make bank. 
Better Edge is available in 45 states for real money sports betting. Play the game without getting played at BetterEdge.com. Excited to be joined by Natalie Miller, a writer and NFL draft analyst for USA Today's DraftWire. Read her work at DraftWire.USAToday.com and follow her on Twitter at Nat underscore NFL Draft. Natalie, thanks for coming on the show. Sure, Brad. Thanks for having me. Really excited to dive into the draft with you here. Let, I want to start at the top here, Natalie. Many view Aiden Hutchinson as the most likely first overall pick, but some think Kayvon Thibodeau is actually a better player at that position. Some analysts have offensive tackle Evan Neal as the best player in this draft. My point is there's a wide range of opinions at the top of this class. There's not really that definitive lock for the number one player. So I'll ask you, who's the best player in this class? You know, I've kind of juggled with this for a little bit, and I always had the same answer, and it was Kyle Hamilton. But recently, I think I've been ready to switch that to Ahmad Sauce Gardner because I, I think he's he's just that good at the secondary position. He's just a lockdown corner that's going to come in and start day one. And his his stats at Cincinnati are absolutely insane. And I think he projects really well to the next level. Wow, I like that. I like that, Natalie. So truth be told, for people that listen to the show, they already heard me last week tell everyone that I have Kyle Hamilton as my number one ranked prospect. I'm just sky high on him. I think he's just a do-it-all player with incredible range, incredible instincts, and just really a, a guy that I think can be an impact player right away. But Sauce Gardner is an interesting pick there. I really like Sauce Gardner. I love his length. I love his intelligence. I love his swagger and confidence that he plays with. And you're the first one I've heard have him as a top prospect. So I really like that. And I think there are a lot of people that you, when you look at his game, the stats, you're right. They almost blow you away at how dominant he was in Cincinnati. Quarterbacks were downright scared to throw to his side of the field. So I'm going to be fascinated to see where he ends up and to watch his NFL career unfold because he is a guy that I think we know is not going to be the top pick or or maybe not even a top five pick for that matter. And it'll be really interesting to see him. I doubt he falls out of the top 10, but someone's going to get a great player with Sauce Gardner. So I love that pick there. I want to jump to the position groups here, Natalie. Which position group do you think is the deepest in this class? I feel like there's a couple of groups that kind of stand out, but I want to get your take on the deepest group and who are some of the players from that group that you really like? Uh, as I've been going through the process, uh, I, at first I thought it was receiver because it is a deeper receiver class, but it's not super top heavy. But the more I look into it, the more I feel like edge is the best position this year because there's when I was counting, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight guys that could go in the first round. And then the second and third rounds, you're still getting quality starters like Nick Benito and MyJ Sanders and Drake Jackson. Like the, the class is stacked at the edge position. Yeah, it really is loaded. I'm with you. I'm starting to think that might be the deepest group as well. You rattled off a few names there. Is there a couple guys that maybe jump out to you that you really like in this class? Some guys that you would pound the table for, so to speak. I mean, Kayvon Thibodeau at the top is definitely one of my favorites. I think his get off is so quick, and I think he really is worth the number one pick this year. But if you're talking about guys maybe at the back end of like the second round, I think Cameron Thomas is a name I really, really like. He dominated on the edge this year, and I, he made the transition to edge this year from defensive tackle, and it really kind of popped off the tape at you. 
Awesome. That's a name I haven't heard a lot of people mention. So I love that. I love that take there. I'll be fascinated. I, he's a player that I need to dig into a little deeper, I think. Now, most fans have become pretty familiar with the players projected to go in the first round. Who are some of those mid to later round prospects? I know you just spoke of one that's going to go slightly later, but some of those middle round guys, some of those guys that are maybe going to slide into the third, fourth, maybe even fifth round. We always see guys in, in those rounds that make a big impact. There's always a handful of guys that we look back and go, wow, what a value he was. Who are some of those guys that you really like this year in those projected rounds? Sure. Um, I really like David Bell, who I think could go in the third or fourth round. He's not your like traditional explosive receiver. He's a little on the slower side for his size. The ball in his hand, he is really super hard to get on the ground, and his receivers are, are his, routes are super slippery and he's like a professional receiver like he's gonna start from day one I really like him and I like Myjai Sanders out of Cincinnati I think when you look at his tape off of Alabama it was it was some ridiculous stat line that I saw the other day that he had 13 rushes with like 10 quarterback pressures from those 13 rushers and I think he can start right away in a 4-3 or a 3-4 yeah now I, I like David Bell as well he's a guy that I think is getting a little undersold, doesn't blow you away with the 40 time or things like that. And I think when you get into this class, there's so much speed in this class that maybe a guy like him gets a little overlooked, but I like his size, big physical player that I think can make an impact too. I think he's a sneaky good player, so I love that pick as well. The quarterback class is is really fascinating this year. It's viewed as being down by most people. I don't think we have the elite quarterback talent in this class that we've seen in some recent classes. What are your thoughts on this group of quarterbacks, just kind of in general? And who do you think is the most likely of that group to become a high-level franchise quarterback? Or is there one, Natalie? Yeah, I, I do think the quarterback class is a little down, but not such in a sense that none of these guys are worth taking in the first round or anything. I just don't think there's a Trevor Lawrence or an Andrew Luck in this class. Of the group, I would definitely think Malik Willis has the best chance to develop into that franchise quarterback that you're looking for, the sort of new age Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes type, just because all the intangibles he has is insane. He can do anything that you want him to on the field. His, his arm is the best in the class. I don't think people talk about that enough. Like he's got a laser arm and the things he can do outside of the pocket are Mahomes-esque. I mean, he's not Patrick Mahomes, so I don't want anyone to come away thinking, oh yeah, we're going to go get Patrick Mahomes because there's a lot he needs to work on. And Mahomes was a little better at when he escaped the pocket looking down the field. And that'll be something Malik has to work on. But when he when he does make those throws outside of the pocket, it's really, really impressive. Yeah, I like Malik Willis too. I, I really do. And something you hit on there was the ability to create outside of the pocket. If I if I'm saying this correctly, I believe I saw a stat the other day that he had the highest QBR of any of these prospects when outside of the pocket. So he's definitely a threat there. We know how athletic and mobile he is. And you're right, he has a big time arm. He showed that off at the combine, really wowed some of the scouts with his ability with the touch on the deep ball. He's got a little bit of developing to do. I think we know that, but I, I like the Patrick Mahomes comparison and I know you're not trying to pump him up to say he's the next Patrick Mahomes or anything like that, but I like the comparison in the sense that Mahomes was viewed coming out of Texas tech as a guy who had a lot of talent, 
was a little raw, but had a really good arm, good mobility. There's a lot of similarities there when you compare their games. Guys who could develop into something really special. Mahomes did develop into that special quarterback, as we know. And Malik Willis is a guy, I think, just has way too much upside in this class to ignore. There's guys like Kenny Pickett and some of these other guys who might be more NFL ready, so to speak. But I'm with you. I think if I'm taking a quarterback in this draft, I'm going with the upside and rolling the dice a little bit with a guy like Malik Willis and hoping he can develop into that special type of player because the talent, I think, is definitely superior to the rest of this class. Every year, Natalie, we see some guys who go later than most expected. We all get these mock drafts. We all you know, put together these lists and rankings of where we think guys will go. Which projected first-round pick is most likely to, likely to slide in this draft, in your opinion? I think someone like Trevor Penning would be one I would I would point to where his he's been projected a lot earlier than I thought he may, might go. Like he is one of the top tackles in the class, but his tape is super messy. Like when you put it on, like yeah, you see everything that you want to see from a tackle, but he's allowed quite a few sacks and he gets caught up in traffic and it's it's just sloppy play. He has the potential to make it for sure, and teams are going to like that. But I don't think you're going to draft a tackle in the top 15 and say, okay, we'll take a year to develop him when you can go get a more experienced offensive lineman at the same spot. So I think he has the potential to slide out of the first round. Well, yeah, that's an interesting one for sure. He is a guy that I think a lot of people are kind of viewing as a mid to late first round pick. And you're right. I love his mentality and attitude, the kind of that tough guy mauler type of tackle that really gets after it. Love what he did at the senior bowl and and just love the the kind of mentality and edge that he brings to the position. But you are definitely right. He is a little sloppy as far as some of his mechanics, some of his footwork and some other things that he really needs to work on. And you're right. When you're taking a guy in the first round, you're really hoping for a plug and play starter, a guy that might have some things to work on, but is ready to go. And I don't know if he is. So that's a great take. Now, we see it every year come April. There's a guy or two that goes early in the draft and they never live up to those projections which player or players, I should say, could you see being a bust in this draft? Man, I've been sticking on this one for a couple of days because uh, people are telling me like Tariq Woolen is going to go early in the second round and maybe at the back end of the first. And I put on his tape and I wrote a whole report on him, but I just I don't see what other people are seeing. Like, yeah, he's six foot four and he runs a four two and that's really great. And if you think you can develop that more power to you, but his tape is messy like when he's trailing receivers, he has his back turned to the quarterback the whole time. His instincts aren't there. It feels like he's chasing the receiver instead of thinking about what route is coming, like he didn't watch the tape. It's it's a lot. I don't want to slam the kid because he did not he did develop this year a lot more, but he's not ready to start in the NFL. He could take one, two, three years to develop into a full-time corner, and even then, I don't see the instincts. I like that. And that's one I haven't heard. Is there another player, maybe a, a, a guy that everyone has in the first round, anybody like that, that you're looking at and you say, I don't know, I don't see it. I know I've got a couple guys that, that I'm not really sold on, so to speak, but is there anybody else that kind of jumps out at you? Nicobe Dean. I think he's, the people are going to have him projected to go in the first round and slot him to start right away at middle linebacker. And I don't know that he's going in the first round or that he has the size to succeed. Cause 
when teams ran at him, he got swallowed up really quick. And I don't know that you can do that in the NFL, be a three down linebacker and just get run on every play. You know, I love that one because he's one of my guys that I kind of have a red flag on. And it look, I like N'Kobe Dean. I think he's a good player, a very solid player. But I think you're right. He kind of reminds me of that typical guy that we see every year that's a really high-level college player, but maybe just doesn't have the athleticism, the body type to maybe play at the next level. I think you're right. I don't like what I've seen as far as like his measurables and some of those things. Nothing really jumps out at you that says, okay, this guy is an elite enough athlete to be a great player. And that's what you're looking for, right? In that first, second round, you're looking for guys that can come in and be great players almost immediately or very early in their careers. I am with you. I'm not super high on his projections is where he's going. I really would like him later in in the draft than where people are putting him. So I think you hit that one right on the head there, Natalie. Natalie, before we let you go, what are you working on at USA Today's Draft Wire that people need to go check out? Right now, I'm just going through uh, the top 150 players and just writing a scouting report for each one. And uh, I, I usually watch probably two hours of tape on each guy and I kind of get a feel for them and write the report. And then I put them up on DraftWire and you can find that on their Twitter or you can go to the DraftWire website. Awesome. Guys, you heard it. If you haven't done it already, make sure you check out her work and the rest of the people there at DraftWire. They put up great, great stuff, in-depth stuff, in-depth takes, great analysis like always. Thank you so much, Natalie. Once again, we've been joined by Natalie Miller at draftwire.usatoday.com and follow her once again on Twitter at Nat underscore NFL Draft. Always great stuff. Thank you so much, Natalie, for coming on the show. Thanks, Brad. Glad to be here. That is going to do it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it, PGF Nation. Excited to be back. We're going to be back next week with more NFL Draft coverage, of course, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to the Pint Glass Football Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on Twitter at PGF Podcast.